As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Episode 18. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff, and I'll be your host as we listen to eyewitness encounters involving one of the most terrifying cryptids, Dogmen. Our guests tonight are Kirk Stokes and Pamela from Ohio. Kirk and Pamela have come back to finish telling us about their encounters as well as talk about various Dogman-related topics. Kirk and Pamela, welcome back to Dogman Encounters Radio. Thanks for coming back. Hello. Thanks for having us back, Vic. Kirk, we'll start back in with you. You told us about your first encounter last week. I'd like to have you delve into the second encounter that you had in 97. Sure. As I was saying in the last show, the experience I had in 91 was 
something I kind of wanted to forget at that time. I, I pretty much did try to put it out of the back of my mind, that experience, for a while. I guess going into the next experience I had, it was in 97, 1997. At this time, I still fished. I was still big into fishing. I normally would do a lot of the just the shore fishing. But at this particular day, I had a a guy I used to do a lot of work for, a lot of construction work for, some demolition work, and he had called me and invited me to go to an area in Kentucky, actually land between the lakes, down in western Kentucky. At this time, I had never been in that area in Kentucky. I had never fished it, never been to the lake, nor did I own a boat. So when somebody offered, I I jumped on it to go. At the time when we decided to go to the land between the lakes, it like I said, I had never been down there. We we wanted to do some crappie fishing. It was early spring, probably right before it hit May of 1997, and that's usually when you're your crappie and stuff it's it's pretty decent in Kentucky in that in the that month April to early May I would say so we um got down there planned to do about a day and a half maybe a fishing throughout that day it was decent weather still real kind of cool mornings temporally warm days we fished throughout the first day just catching on and off and the first night it went came back next day next morning got ready to go out everything was going pretty good the weather was kind of crisp it's like i said it was still kind of not getting hot not getting too cold at night it was almost perfect going into the second day as it was getting dark on the lake where he wanted to fish it was not too far off the shoreline and when we did this, we were bobber fishing, and from the boat to the shore, and kind of back into a cove, but not all the way back into a cove. The part where we sat for where we started doing the bobber fishing for the crappie was, if you looked from from about forty yards from where our boat was to the shoreline and then it was all pretty much timber and not a lot of undergrowth yet it was still early to get a full undergrowth of where you couldn't see anything because because in the summer it's like a jungle i mean it's totally you can't probably see two three foot into the thickets you know because of all the undergrowth so on this second night, we were fishing and sitting on the boat. We were both starting to hear what normally, like I said in 91, in my experience, where it sounds like you, it's deer. It's, it's It always sounds like deer stepping on driftwood or that's, it always strikes me as the sounds. It, it's the same kind of a sound. So on this particular 
time after I kept hearing it, but you couldn't see anything. Uh, it's it's pitch dark, and so he always carried a spotlight. We would often spotlight areas where you would hear, you know, to get a glimpse of 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 what was walking around or out there fishing. If you're sitting there, you you want to know what's what's always making noises. This particular time, after about the second or third time of hearing it, my friend Teddy spotlighted the area. When he spotlighted the area, and I would say as he spotlighted it, it was probably about 75 to 100 yards from the shoreline, going up on an incline. When the light hit the area, at first he was scanning it. He did it a couple more times because I was still hearing the popping. Probably the fourth time of spotlighting that area, the light hit this. It was a, at first I thought it was a man. Just by, you know, doing a look twice. But it wasn't. It was a, uh, it was a creature, a bipedal creature, and it, it had the ears. I could clearly see the, the eyes. And the eyes, when, from the light, it was almost like, uh, when you shine a light in a, in a cat, in a feline's eyes, it kind of had that greenish, orangey glow, but more greenish, almost like a, just, how it reflects like that, like a like a cat's eyes. At first, it don't register. But the thing that stuck out on on this bipedal creature was the calves, the the calves on the legs, and it had legs like a a squatch. From what I could see, the the calves were almost bigger than the thighs. I could see the muscles in the calves and on the thighs. And it just, yeah, it's one of those things like, in, you know, you just don't, you're taking retakes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. But I do know when he shined the light and it hit it, it didn't make a, a full body turn. It turned a little, and it didn't hold its hand up to try to block the light or what a person would do to block it out of its eyes. It, it just turned and... I felt like I was making eye contact, and it acted like we were no threat. And actually, at the time, I didn't feel any threat from this thing. It was unbelievable. But it continued. Like I said, it didn't hold up its hand. It stopped for a little, turned a little, and it just went back to walking. It just walked off, and we spotlighted it, and kept it on there and and probably in about 20 25 seconds it was gone into the darker parts where it couldn't spotlight it anymore but the eyes on this thing were more like a an asian type look to these eyes with the shape and the eyes were set just like a person's like on a squatch and they were right where they're supposed to be. It, it's, it's something. Back then, and I guess six years later from my first sighting, that was a little bit more terrifying. But I, I seen the whole body on this one. I guess you could say 17 years later, on Memorial Day 2014, I filmed, or I got on my film, what looked to be so similar to this thing I saw in 97 walking off in that area. Yeah, I mean, it it looks so similar to what I filmed this year on Memorial Day. Kirk, you started in describing something about the ears. What did its ears look like? The ears were really, really pointy. They weren't too long. I would say if I had to take a tape measure or be right beside the thing, I would say they were probably about three, three and a half inches stuck out, straight up, not back, just straight up in the air. Two ears. I could almost recollect where it almost had some tufts in the air with the whitish hair. Like what you see on a bobcat, we sometimes are used to have them here in Kentucky. That's what it, the ears look like, where there was some, some definitely some little fur and stuff coming out of the, the middle parts of it. But it never ran and never broke into a run. It, it just acted like it was not afraid of anything. And I didn't feel threatened. I was excited, but it was because uh, nobody else except for Teddy was there with me. To have a camera at that time, 
and that would have been something on that one. But the years, like I said, they were straight up, weren't backed, straight up over the, the head. But the eyes, the eyes had a more, I guess you could, if I can say it, Asian look to them. How did that strike you with this one looking so much different from the one that you saw in 91? The one in 91 you talked about last week, you talked about how it had hocks. It had a canine leg structure. Whereas this one that you saw for the first time in 97, you said that it had more of a hominid-style leg structure. It had definitely a bipedal, hominid, squatchy look. From getting in Memorial Day of 2014 of this year, and where I filmed that film was in Daniel Boone National Forest. At the time when I filmed it, when I was down in that area, I did not see this thing until I had gone back home and I was reviewing the film. But it was definitely there. You know, it's there on the film. And that's the first thing I thought of, thinking back to 97, was 17 years later, I finally got this thing on film that almost almost to the T resembles what I filmed in that film that's on YouTube. It just blew me away. Kirk, most people have a hard enough time dealing with in an encounter with something that they never expected to see, something that's not supposed to exist, they have a hard enough time seeing something like that once. But when you encountered something that looked totally different from the first style cryptid that you saw, the first dog man, how did that hit you? It hit me in a way where you almost think, is it, is there something about yourself, the reason why you... <laughs> You would have two sighting within six years and then go on and it's something you just, you don't know. Are they attracted to you? Cause like you said, it, I guess a lot of people don't encounter it. And until you go encounter it and you see it with your own two eyes, I guess I, I can't blame people for not believing certain things. But when it's on film, you have to at least take a look at it. You can't just discount it, because if it's on film, there's people that can break it down and tell you if it's real. And I know what I got's real. But like I said, when it's on film, you have to look at it. Looking back, I really wish I would have had some kind of camera. I would think back in 97 that the cameras were probably still huge. I don't even know if I had a cell phone in 97 till about 99 or 2000 because I just didn't use them. But uh, now they're so accessible now. But that's one thing that I would have really have liked to have some kind of camera back in 97 on that boat because that I saw and I could have had. I mean, it, it probably would have lasted for about 20, 25 seconds of some clear, I mean, just right up zoom footage there would have been no doubt about that the first one that you saw in 91 almost fits into the category of being a canine type those eyes that it had kind of throw that idea out the window though so i'm not really sure what to think about that or what it was 
But it sounds like you definitely saw a Type 3 in 97, and then again the second time that you saw it. Most people that I know of that have seen these things, they only see one type or the other, even if they have multiple encounters. That's very unusual that you were, I guess you could say, fortunate enough to, to have those encounters with two different types. I would say that's pretty fortunate, but you know, in the last, after 97, I became totally, for a while, engulfed in trying to figure out how I could go about getting stuff on film that would validate my stories. Like I said, 17 years later, I have either come close to it or it's there because it's, <laughs> it's on the film. At least I got that on there. It makes you think you're not crazy, you know. This stuff, it's there. You got it, and people can look at it, and they can break it down if they want to, and that's perfectly fine for people to do that because I'm wanting somebody to take that film and analyze it because I don't, at this time, have the equipment to do that. I can only, I, I enlarge it as much as I can I try to bring it out as much as I can, though it's still visible in the regular speed and and in the regular film. But it, it probably would definitely help if if somebody did analyze that particular film. Maybe somebody will do that. Well, hopefully, someone that's listening to this that's got the necessary skills will come forward and volunteer to do that for you. That would be great. I welcome someone out there they want to do it to do it i give them the permission to do it i think what they find they would like how they break it down i'm i'm not computer savvy i usually work with my camera and my phone and uh, a lot of my stuff is raw and i i started out putting my videos on my channel where i it's it's so raw it's not run through any computer it's it's just taken directly off the screens and uh, I kind of thought about that about a year ago, and I, I know people had asked me, and now it's kind of like my it's kind of like my trademark. It's it's just something now I, I think I'll just continue to do because it's as raw as you can get. What you see on the uh, on my YouTube channel, it's raw. It's never edited. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's the way I'm doing it. Well, I think the way, with the way that you do it, it's better that way because it's what you see is what you get. And I think people appreciate that. I've got two more questions to ask you about your encounter. And then after we cover those two questions, I want to delve into your Kirk Stokes 19 YouTube channel. The first of the questions I had for you is, as far as the muzzle goes on that second dogman that you saw, please describe it. Was it a prominent long muzzle or was it shorter? It was a short muzzle. It was not long. It didn't stick out. I mean, it almost looked like Kind of what you would see on a baboon. It was short. It was, it did not protrude very far. The color of this thing in 97, it was like a, it was almost like a, it wasn't red, it wasn't brown, it, it was just in between that. You know, it, it had shades of kind of a, uh, almost like a, I guess you could say a sandy blonde, but there were still shades of red, shades of it, from what I've seen in the light. But I, it's something, like I said before, it, when you see this, you know, and, and you, you see it in a light like that, and you see it so good, because I, I had the best picture looking at this thing, and it, it sticks with you. And I will say the size on it, it probably was not over seven foot, and I don't think it would even, I would say probably about six and a half foot tall. It just, I don't think it would get, it might have been, but I doubt if it was seven foot. I would say about six and a half is probably the height of it. And also the calves stuck out. The calves were huge. The The forearms were pretty decent size, and the hands Looked like it had longer fingernails. I don't, I can't say they were claws. They just, it, it looked like it had fingernails, but they were long, like you see on a woman or something. And that's what it reminded me of. From the color to the description of the muzzle, the legs, everything that you've described here tonight, that reeks of a typical type three dog man. Really? It sure does. The first dogman that you saw, which obviously looked totally different from this one, it looked very menacing, but from what you said last week, it didn't make any aggressive moves towards you. It just stood there looking at you. The second dogman, the Type 3 that you saw, it did the same. It didn't look menacing, you said. It just stood there looking at you. 
but it also did not make any aggressive moves in your direction. And then the second time that you believe you saw that same one from talking to you in the pre-interview, you said the same thing happened. No aggressive moves. Having had three encounters with dogmen and not having any aggressive moves made in your direction by them, does that leave you feeling like maybe they're not as dangerous as it might seem they would be? No. I don't believe that. In that first encounter in 91, even though it didn't make a move out of that tree line, just seeing the profile on that thing, the canine teeth, the way the eye was and the the head, the, the size of the head, it, that was threatening. But this one in 97, it really wasn't. It didn't have the look in the face. The look in the face when the light hit it, it was really, if you could say, kind of just really peaceful looking. But then the thing in 91 was, it, that thing was a monster. I mean, it, it was, like I said, it was a design for something, a killing machine is what to look. And that, and, and, and it instilled the fear, not unlike the, 97 encounter or the this past Memorial Day in 2014 but I I think if anybody was to see the the actual thing that I saw in 91 they would come to the same conclusion that yes you should be afraid of that that thing but these other two you said they sound like the type 3 in 97 and then this past Memorial Day, they don't look threatening like that. You know, they just, they don't come across like that, or they haven't to me in those two latter cases. Well, if you have to have an encounter with a dog man, the type 3s are definitely the ones that you want to pick over the canine types. Yeah, I would say you're right on that. What I saw was the actual, in 91, was the canine type which I believe it was, now going over it and, and talking to you, I, I would much rather see the Type 3. If I'm out anywhere, especially at night, I would definitely rather have my experience with a Type 3. From what I know now, I don't think they're out to harm anybody on the Type 3s. I could be wrong, but but the thing in 91, that that's a totally different monster. If anyone has to have an encounter with these things, the encounters that you had in 97 and then again in 2014, that's definitely what you want to shoot for. Now, having said that, Kirk, I want to get into your YouTube channel, Kirk Stokes 19. Please give us the user's guide to Kirk Stokes 19. Tell us what we can expect to see when we visit that YouTube channel everything that we need to know. Sure. On my um, YouTube channel, Kirkstones19, it's the same in my description as I try to tell it as where when you go to my channel, you're going to see videos that I have shot personally that are unedited. It's raw. I don't do any editing. And like I said, I started that out because I I didn't have the equipment to do it. I, 
really still don't. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that, like you said, might be a, a better way to do it, to show the videos. And um, when I started it, I really got into it in about 2012. I had done some filming and, and was doing research around Kentucky before that. But the reason why I really decided to put the channel on in 2012 for a long time there, between 2008 to about 2011, I kind of got stagnant where I wasn't moving around, going out, and uh, had some personal things going on. Somebody suggested, well, I should go out and, or make a channel and show people what I'm, what I'm filming or at least make an effort to and just to, just to show people, the people that, that never thought that some of this stuff is out there. Before I filmed this dog person, which I, I guess dog man, in uh, 2014 on Memorial Day in Daniel Boone National Forest, that was the first time, like I said, since 97 that I had seen something so similar, but this time I had it on film. In the couple of years before that, I had filmed other things, and I'm pretty sure they were more Squatch, more Bigfoot-oriented. That's one of the main things that I set out on my channel was to show the Squatch here in Kentucky, that they are in Kentucky. Like I said, it was later this year, and I finally got this dog man on the film. It was actually on the film, and now I'm starting to wonder if they do really run together, the Squatch and Dogman, which I know Pamela first kind of set me on that with her information on it. And before that time, I never gave it a thought. And then it was always me looking for Bigfoot, Squatch. And I really, until, like I said, I filmed the, the Dogman this year, I never... And all those those two other sightings were kind of put out in my head. I really didn't think about them until I got that on the film. And then I started thinking about that again. But the dog thing is starting to kind of show up more a little bit for me as I've been going out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been kind of more prevalent than maybe Squatch now. And I don't know what that's due to, but... It's, it's it's definitely showing itself now. You know, Kirk, it's not just you. For some reason, dogmen are, it would appear, becoming more numerous. More encounters are coming in all the time. I don't know why, like I said, but it's not just you. That's the way it seems to be all over. That's what I've noticed, actually, in the past year. And not just with myself, but other people telling me that, yeah, you're right on that. That it seems like the the dog men and these these beings are making more of a uh, either a comeback or or they're just showing themselves more. Before I make a point here, Kirk, I want to share something with the audience. For anyone that visits Kirk's YouTube channel, there, Kirk Stokes nineteen, you're going to notice that the videos and the pictures aren't super crisp. They're not necessarily all money shots, but understand. I want to make sure that you know Kirk does have pictures and videos that are true money shots. Unfortunately, because of the nature of what we do, where it's an environment where you have to worry about someone pirating pictures and and or videos now, I think it's wise on his part not to put his money shots out there where that could happen to them. You're absolutely right, Vic. You hit the nail on the head. I'm sure a lot of people do that. I'm sure a lot of people have video or photographs that they release for that reason or don't release. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's a shame it's got to be that way, but I don't blame you for doing that. It only makes good sense. Now, moving on, you've seen both Dogmen and Sasquatch out in the wild, close up and personal. Is there a difference in feeling when you have an encounter with one compared to the other? I've had bad encounters, uh, I guess you could say, with with Squatch. And I I don't know if it's uh, more on a personal issue rather than what they've done. But if I had to say I'd rather run into a a family of Squatch at night (laughs) than any dogmen. From my experience... They like to play little games where they, where they definitely like to, I get the pebble thing a lot. Where, where I know it, they throw the pebbles and I, it happens frequently where you, you get hit by, it's really, really small, finite pebbles. They'll hit you on the back of the head or in the back or, and I, I take that as a, a sign of some kind of plan. Because I've never had any big stones or or big rocks thrown my way. I've never encountered that. I have had tree limbs thrown at me. And several times when I've been filming, as I've been filming, I've had trees coming down around me. And I don't know if it's to get my camera off the, the area I'm filming 
so I'm getting trees going down behind me, so I'm turning and moving the camera, you know, to get out of the way, or if it's, I don't know what that is, but it happens frequently. And um, it, it's a weird thing, because I haven't figured that out, why they do that. Uh, Pamela, you've experienced that. I guess it would be time to segue into how I discovered your channel and how helpful it was to me when I started to realize that my first encounter in January 1212 was with Bigfoot, and it wasn't a sighting. It was just sign. So then going through the spring and doing all the hiking and having encountered the Dogman in August just reinforced my belief that there are more than one type of individual as there are with humans. I guess I would call them hybrids, for lack of a better term. And when I saw your picture on the front of your channel, I was drawn to it because there's a dogman, a very tall dogman, and then there's the two Sasquatches side by side. And then at around the same time, social media allowed me to travel virtually speaking and to share. Uh, And Skype also opened a window. And so in a short period of time, technology way advanced. So then all of a sudden, pouring in from around the country were pictures and videos, and some have been deemed real, and some people believe are not real, and some people will never believe. And so I believe there are several different types of individuals. I also believe that Sasquatches and dog men or dog people they have to have families. They have to have, they have to come from somewhere. The stories have transcended time. They've been around since the days of the dire wolf many, many millennium ago and then up through the ages with Egyptology, the Sumerian tablets and to the far reaches of Australia and, and around the world. And so this story is age old and it's not dying and the antiquity of the story makes it real and also the knowing of legends and if you believe. We all know that as children. Consciousness and our higher consciousnesses and what we know about human slash animals, hybrids, as I like to call them, and the truths that are emerging from pouring of information from around the globe. And social media is making that possible. I just can't say enough about that, being able to find Kirk's channel and realizing that he's experiencing multiple individuals on the thing with the trees, my experience involved the pushing over a, of a tree. I might as well just go right into it. When I had my first sighting, I was on the other side of the glacier, which had a rocky gorge between us, between that side, which had a fallow field, which had a lot of berries. So August has five weeks, so it was a nice long month, and August is a real enjoyable month for me because of those five weeks. And so I had a day off, and... I felt pretty good about my sighting because I had places to go. And I remember thinking, I'm glad I'm not one of the early ones that that experienced this before social media exploded because had I been one of those people, I would not have had as many places to turn it, especially the images, uh, video plus stills that are coming in. It's becoming quite evident these truths that I say that are emerging from this pouring in of information are that these individuals look different. They look simian in nature (laughs) with a short muzzle and a very almost furry, sasquatchy-looking face 
and then on the other hand, they look some look very dogman like some some look very canine <clears throat> and as with a hybrid, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> you never know if if it's gonna resemble more of a human or more of a dog, and again, this creature has been written about since the dawning of time. And then some, and beyond. There's some stories that are not in text, nor on stone tablet anywhere. But you can't deny when you go to Luxor, and you go up to the wall, and you see the dogmen in their mighty robes with their faces, and they look so much like the Type 3, and they're human Type 3 type. These truths that are emerging from the info that's pouring in can be scary in the fact that these individuals look scary. So by the very nature of their looks, they look scary to us. So Pamela, when you first seen the photograph of the one with the dog men and the Sasquatches together, was that the first time you'd actually seen a photo like that? No, no, I had seen uh, private collections as well as uh, these were just friends that are nature people and they live in the (laughs) sticks. And uh, I've had the fortune of being able to be in six or seven great national forests at different times in the past, I'd say, 50 years. There are certain things that occur, <laughs> that certain truths that are emerging. And also, we ended up with a group of people who were like-minded, as like-minded people flocked together. And when I first saw your picture there, I realized that you were experiencing multiple individuals there, which is becoming a recurrent theme as time travels along and and said videos and still pics pour in from across the globe. Don't forget the trail cam pics and the auditory. There's the auditory too. That's another whole area of sign, what I call sign, that either I wasn't paying attention back in the 70s in the forest or I've changed, and I'm noticing this more now. I'm noticing this more as I get older. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
If you could please tell us about your second encounter, I don't want to keep the audience waiting any longer. Those are all really good points that you just made there. At this point, I'd like for you to tell us about your second encounter. After you talk about that, I'm going to have some questions for you about those two encounters you had, and then I want to talk about your channel. Okay. What happened with me, it was late August, almost the very end, and I was by the caves. I had discovered a waterfall, which was quite beautiful, and the water, I had tested it out, and it was almost crystal clear. I had uh, found crayfish living there and a big rock pool and some parts of this old glacier with the water cascading down look like heaven, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So anyway, I was up by the caves which had the waterfall off to the side and and those are posted on my channel and my channel pretty much is not selling anything. I'm I'm pretty much it's art. It's just an expression. That's all. And so I posted the caves and pictures of the caves on my channel. And so there's a deep gorge. There's a waterfall, a giant rocks that are 230 million years old. They were once an ancient shoreline that was uncovered when the Great Glacier melted and split into Ohio, Pennsylvania, and parts of Canada. That's where I live in the northeast, pretty much, and there's that exposed rock all over. So this gorge has a virtual stairway, a river that goes down into a rock pool in the deep gorge that was below where I was, and I was pretty much in a cave, almost like looking out onto a deep gorge with a forested area and a hill on the other side. And I saw some movement in the corner of my eye. And this was almost straight ahead. I was relaxing and real calm and not really thinking about anything. All of a sudden, the, the tree was pushed over, completely pushed over. And just before it went over, I saw the sun hit this figure right in front of the tree. And it was the same individual that I had seen weeks earlier. And... This individual was human-looking, plus looked like a dog, had very pointy ears and a shorter muzzle, but very dog-like looking in the face. Anyway, this elm went over, and it took an older oak that was next to it with it, and I heard such a crashing sound. It was startling, but kind of cool at the same time. And so I waited until the rumbling stopped, and of course it was all on top of rock above the gorge with the river below. And I didn't know how far it was going to fall, that tree. So I waited till everything became still. That was the last I saw of the individual that pushed over the tree. So I got up and ran as fast as I could traverse this glacier and the high side where I was and, and the river below and up the other side of the mountain, which was going to take me around, ooh, like 38 minutes to do. By the time I got up there, I started taking video with my cell phone because I my camera had run out of juice, so uh, I took this video of this tree that was over, and it was massive. It was um, almost four and a half feet around. I had to 
step over it and shimmy over it. I had to sort of straddle it and then go over it to get to the other side. So I'm not sure my video did justice to how big this tree was. It was startling. So I was on Kirk Stokes' channel, and I saw that tree-shaking video. And then I had already seen around four other videos come in from other states about tree pushing over and tree shaking in which an individual was partially shown. I remember thinking, how many of these videos and pics are you going to have to see before people realize that not only is there something going on in America's major state park forest that either we didn't notice before or this behavior is amped up to the point where it's becoming evident to everyone or that the time period 12-12-12 was supposed to be a revelation, a lifting of the veil. That's what apocalypse means. It's not an ending. It's actually a new beginning or a revelation. If one looks that definition up, they will find that that's true. That is why I started cataloging the earth changes on and around that date. It was an important thing for me to do. That's what my channel's about. That's why I'm on YouTube. It's a form of art. It has nothing to do with selling commercials or any other commercial type of venture. And there are many people out there that have YouTube commercials that don't make money on them. And uh, it lends to, I suppose, credibility for those who are trying to get people to look at their photographs like Kirk Stokes is and realize that these individuals are not only real, they're side by side. There's a dog man picture plus two individuals next to this individual. And the emergent truths that come out of just looking at that picture alone are, they're mind-blowing, they're staggering. You know, Pamela, you hit on something that I want to ask about. It does seem like, as time goes by, you... Notice more and more encounters are being reported. That could be due to one of two things. It could be because there are just more of these things out there, so more people are having more encounters, or it could be related to the fact that there is so much more technology out there in the woods now compared to how it used to be. So many more camera phones and camcorders and all of that. Which way, which reason do you think explains why? so many more encounters are reported and recorded. I believe the trackway pictures that I've seen of multiple individuals' feet, uh, impressions, are a clue that says that, like our greatest generation, there was a large group of people who died out at one time. And this was told to me from a child who has studied some of this because of her family lineage that the new beginning twelve 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 was a was an actual time of uh, change of evolution, and that numerous individuals were born within the last I would say since two thousand, and there have been many individuals born from two thousand until now. The trackway pictures indicate multiple tracks side by side, and a website that I've recently gone on one of four that. I've discovered that have Bigfoot and Dogman tracks side by side. So it's becoming evident that these two sets of individual groups live together or close together. 
and that either it's the technology or a large group of individuals has been born in, and is growing up in our nation's forest areas, which pretty much were set aside. And Ken Burns' film, The State Parks, can give you the history if anybody out there wants a, an update on when the Park Service set aside these lands and how easy it is to travel the power grid and along the railroads and remain unseen in dense forests where park rangers have to have fire towers to watch for fire because they can't get into this thicket, to this bush, to really see what really lives there. hope that answers your question. The, the trees going over have been a real eye-opener, to say the least, and it's happened around the country in at least nine places. Yeah, I think you answered the question. I think I, I see where you're coming from. Now, both of you, from having spoken with you two in the pre-interview, looking at your photo evidence and videos and whatnot, I'm still fuzzy on something. I want you to answer this question for his first, Pamela, and then after you have a chance to answer, I want Kirk to weigh in with his opinion on this. As far as proving their existence, whether we're talking about dogmen or Bigfoot, Sasquatch, do you or don't you care if they are ever proven to exist? And are you trying to prove their existence by coming forward with your photo evidence? I'm not trying to prove their existence. I'm photographing and presenting on my YouTube channel whatever I feel like presenting as it is an expression of its art. I have presented a one small Bigfoot track on there, but I didn't say it was. I was kind of objective about the way I presented it, but I am not looking for any of these individuals, nor do I care to prove that they exist or don't exist. I'm simply a person who keeps finding myself being shown sign of their existence and wondering why. That makes sense. How about you, Kirk? What are your feelings on that? I actually started, the, like I said, the reason I started the YouTube channel was to actually, I guess in a way you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to prove they're here in Kentucky. It's an extension of what I'm seeing. So if I, if I just keep telling people what I'm seeing and I'm not showing no evidence at all. It's not gonna it's not gonna go far. So I guess you could say I'm I, I did set out to to prove that at least these things exist in Kentucky. That's where I'm from and and uh I was gonna say before every picture, every video I got I own I have taken from the very western part of Kentucky to the very eastern part of Kentucky. So I've, I've covered almost every area in Kentucky. And I think I could almost prove that they're in every part of Kentucky from what my information shows. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that I, I did set out to, and still am, setting out to prove that they do coincide with us across Kentucky. Yes, and why the need to present themselves to us, to people who are benignly going through the forest 
such as I with my planting and whatever else I'm doing, gathering wild edibles and photographing and not bothering anyone and being quiet and being respectful. And then who do they choose to reveal themselves to? A woman with two kids and a dog, people that aren't doing anything to hurt anyone else, many who are out there in reality trying to get away from people and trying to relax, trying to lower their blood pressure or hike for their exercise or walk a spiritual path, which spirituality meaning a connection with the earth, nothing religious, no religious connotations there in any way, shape, or form. A spiritual journey, a walk with the earth, and see where that road takes you. And to have these creatures present themselves in so many ways with sign, so much sign, the branch weavings. Another thing that drew me to certain channels on YouTube and things that I kept on seeing over and over again in each forest. Uh, literally 13 forests within a week's time. This info pouring in from across the states and finding similar branch weavings. And what does that mean? And the trackway picks. Sightings don't always have to be the be-all, end-all of evidence. Evidence can come in many forms. And just noting the changes in your forest that you've been in forever and again. And all of a sudden, things have changed. To talk about something you just touched on there, Pamela, that I'll never understand. You mentioned how they revealed themselves to someone that was out there minding her own business, wasn't harming anyone or anything. There was all that room around you where that dogman could have just stayed hidden without ever revealing its presence. I never will understand why why they do expose themselves and their presence like that one did with you that day. It just doesn't make any sense to me. To me it does. I believe it's the curious human side of them that plays itself out, and its curiosity is possibly greater than our own. And to stalk people and do those low barks and leave enough sign of their evidence makes you wonder. You know what? I can understand where you're coming from on that, but they have to know more than enough about us to realize that no good can ever come from a human knowing about their existence. So with that in mind, I still don't understand why they would ever reveal themselves to us in a situation where they could so easily have stayed hidden. Well, because they know they're safe with me. My channel is not about exposing them. Therefore, they're showing me sign. I, I imagine that like any animal, they don't speak with words, that they speak in visuals and in sensory, and they're revealing themselves to me, shows me that I'm a safe person to be around. So I derive comfort in that, Vic. That was comforting to me. You know what? That makes really good sense. If I think about what you were doing when it revealed itself, here it saw you. You're obviously not threatening in appearance. You're out there enjoying nature. You're photographing the mushrooms, I think you said. 
that day. That was the first sighting. The second sighting was even more benign. Now, that makes sense. It's not like you were out there with a gun trying to blast a deer or anything like that. So that does make sense. You're painting a very benign picture. It had to have noticed that, and maybe that's why it revealed itself to you. That does make sense. I see where you're coming from. Well, Vic, out of the many, many encounters that I've heard, which have been many, I've exposed to so much social media, pics and video and testimony now with Skype and the ability to talk to people around the country. I'm just beginning to note that the story is that the creature itself is scary looking and the situation for the most part is benign. There have been a few stories that have come forth lately about a dogman prying his way into a wooden structure, but in almost every incident that I've heard about, the situation is mostly benign. For those who have had a sighting and fear any reprisal or repercussion or any revisit by this creature, it's my feeling, it's my gut feeling that if a person showed any negativity towards having had a sighting that this creature would never show itself again, I think it would pick up on the negativity like creatures that don't speak do and that its senses are keen and it can probably smell for a few miles and hear for a few miles and and maybe in tune to senses that we just don't possess. The human eye only sees around 7 to 10 percent of what's before it. So we don't even know what all we're not seeing in in our conscious sight. I see where you're coming from on that. So that both you, Kirk, and Pamela know, I'm going to post links on the resources page on dogmanencounters.com that point viewers towards your YouTube channels. That'll make it even easier for anyone that wants to to find your channels, which I do recommend anyone listening to this show does. Thank you, Vic. Yeah, thanks, Vic. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate that. Anytime. Something else I wanted to touch on before we close out the show here is for someone that does what you do, Kirk, you couldn't be in a better place, in my opinion. For some reason in Kentucky, as I'm sure you've already noticed, Kentucky seems to be some sort of a portal almost for weird creatures like Sasquatch and Dogman and others, you name it. So that's why I'm saying that for someone like you that likes to photograph these things and videotape them, I can't think of a better place to be. You're right. In the time of me really getting into this and filming and and going out and actually staying out overnight, you're on that. And I, I don't know why. I don't know why it is that Kentucky is probably more prominent than some other states, but you never know what you're going to get here. I was going to say before, there's places from what I've learned in Kentucky, that I'm out of the area by a certain time and uh, that I won't go alone because of certain sounds that are beyond my comprehension. It can get uncomfortable, even for somebody that 
is used to it, it you never get used to them and it, it's just certain feelings you get where you know not to stay out in certain areas at, at certain times and uh, that's all I can really say about that. That's and, correct. Uh, it's like the hair stands up yeah. on your arms. It's a feeling rather than a anything and verbal. Pam, and Pamela would know the certain sounds that she's heard that she was witness to in talking to me were not the sounds I'm talking about. The sounds that you witnessed were more, how would you say it, joyous? or? I would uh, say that they were similar to the ones that I heard at night in the forest in Ohio. Cool. The low bark with a from a voluminous chest and the sound of a dog, ambiguous animal calls, rutting deer, the phony owl, that stuff, just them playing around with you and then thinking out to them, ha-ha, you're so funny, and then getting a ambiguous deer rut coming up from the valley that was hysterical. And calling Kirk on Skype late at night before the summer ended and listening to the Sasquatches barking and roaring and the dogmen that were near the undertones of them. So there's these auditory experiences, and we also had this experience with four other people. So we had this experience with a shaman from Washington State who's an American native and another who's had similar experiences and how we all found each other was our group is growing. People that are having similar experiences that are like-minded keep collecting together like a magnet. It's like a movement, Vic. Oh, I'd say so. I'd say it is. Well, it's time to wrap this show up, Kirk and Pamela. Pamela, you first, if you don't mind. Do you have any closing points you'd like to make? Just to keep an open mind, people out there, these trackway picks and other evidentiary items that are flowing in across the globe and on social media, YouTube, and so forth, if you open your mind and really look at the evidence, don't be so quick to lash out. Keep a good thought in your heart and try to raise your heartstrings up. One or two or three points, it, it won't hurt. We have just have so much in the world that could be better in the way of beauty. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you, Vic and Kirk. Oh, you're welcome. Definitely. How about you, Kirk? Any closing points you'd like to make? Yeah, I would. What what Pamela just said uh, about putting it out there, not to be quick to judge, especially when people are putting out. You know, there's a lot of researchers out there, and I think a lot of them. I know myself. A lot of times, put into digging up this stuff and and going out to certain places. There's more to it than what you just see on the videos. There's just so much more to it, and. I think if everybody, like Pamela was talking about, just kind of maybe judged the evidence out there with a little bit more patience. What I've always thought, anything that comes to the table, no matter what state you're in and even what country you're in, I say let it all out on the table and and let people judge it because I think that's the best way to do it on social media. I think that's the best way that it would work is to have... Um everything out on the table, and you don't have to annihilate people for their evidence. Just take a look at it and 
if you don't like it, then be a little compassionate about it and move on. That's right, Kirk. And one last thing is the four of us, when we listen to the creatures in the forest those couple of nights, the noise coming from the forest is joyous noise. Joyous. And it's what I'm hearing from Ohio at night in my shelters. I'm hearing that. And let us not forget that. Very well said. Well, both of you, I can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your experiences and your time with this. Thanks again so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Vic. And uh, I want to say I think your show has done a lot of good for people. And I think it will continue to as an outlet for certain people for their experiences. So I just want to say that. I really appreciate the good words. Thank you. And thank you, Vic. Uh, I just wanted to, if I even help one person, anybody who's afraid to please don't be and just carry on with your life and don't think about it twice. I didn't stop going to the forest. I, I went back again. I had another experience. It's possible I may have another one in the future. I plan to remain calm and go about my business and not bother the creatures that live in the forest. That is their home. Well said. Thanks again so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And don't be strangers, okay? Thank you, Vic. Never, never. It's been a great time. Well, both of you, please have a great night. You too. too. Will do. Thank you. Bye. Bye.